0: Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. This morning, as Becca said, we have a guest speaker. So this is Brad Formsma. I've come in from California, married with three awesome kids, I assume. I haven't met any of them I watched one of them do a video, so I mean, just like, I I can't, I try to tell the truth, okay? But if they're anything like Brad, they're definitely, definitely awesome. And we are just super excited to have him here this morning, but before he comes up, before we welcome him up on stage here, I've got a video that I want you to check out. The book, I Like Giving, The Transforming Power of a Generous Life. You get a book called I Like Giving. It's, oh. it's uh, Practical Ideas by Brad Formsma. My- I've got a good friend who spends his life inspiring generosity. When we started talking about doing a giving show, I thought, we got to have Brad on because he's the, he's the giving guy. It was the most winsome thing I'd ever read, and it wasn't about necessarily giving money. It was about times and thoughts and influence and, and ways that I'd never thought, you know, all I'm doing is... Sharing these thoughts because guess what? These thoughts and stories, when they impact our life, they affect our heart. I've rarely met anyone that's more infectious in terms of the creativity and the joy in giving to others. I always say I've never met an angry, bitter, generous person, so <laughs> I want to be generous. Good morning. Oh. It's so good. I'm so, I'm so excited to be here, and I'll tell you why. When I got connected with your pastor on the phone, I instantly could tell his heart for generosity, and I thought, you know what, maybe someday I'll be back in Michigan, and it'll just all work out with our schedule, and so it's, it's a super big honor to be here. Will you say with me, I like giving? I like giving. All right, now turn to your neighbor and say, yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna have some fun this weekend. You know, I have been studying generosity for almost 15 years, and I know I'm with and in the company of people that are already generous, but we're all in this together, and so I've I've learned a few things over these years, and three things in particular I wanna share with you today about how you can apply it to your life, even today and tomorrow and next week and beyond. Last fall, I was with Henry Cloud, and you know, the guy that wrote the boundaries book, and he's very smart. And so he said, uh, You know, what do you think about when you think about what you think about? And so by the time I caught up with that, you know, I started to run it through my filter, and everything goes through the generosity filter with me. So I thought, What do I think about when I think about generosity? And I went way back to my early years of, you know, being on this earth, and I remember kind of the, the duty side of, uh, you know, giving and I need to do this. And then I started to think about times that I was under obligation to give. But then I started thinking about the fun that I had and the times that I gave and it didn't work. And then I thought, I learned about the reward, what happens to us when we give and we lay up for ourselves treasure in heaven. And I just thought, would you be willing to consider what you think about when you think about generosity. You know, for me, there have been times that I had some wrong understanding of what it was. And the great news is you just bring that to the Lord and say, Lord, I may reveal to me, the Holy Spirit, reveal to me anything that I think about when I think about generosity that's not of you. Because I think we have stuff get hooked to us over the years. And maybe you just, something in your heart, maybe you decided to give at one point in your life money And then you stop doing that for whatever reason. And so I just encourage you to check in with the Lord on that. Well, for me, before I jump into those three points, I'm 11 years old, and my grandpa had a big commercial baking company. And next to his office, he had a small test kitchen. And one day he called me up and he said, Bradley, this weekend we're going to go make 16 loaves of bread in the test kitchen. So I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm like, it's going to be bread, bread, fresh jam, all loaded up Saturday morning, because it's all about me, right? And so we get to the bakery, and those loaves of bread come out, and they cool down, and then they end up in his trunk. And I'm thinking, what happened? So our first stop, a few loaves of bread came out, and we were at a widow from his church. And he'd get there, and he'd squeeze that fresh loaf of bread, and "Mm, smell that. It's so good for you. And Poor Gramps didn't get the memo on white bread maybe not being good for you. But the point was his spirit of generosity. And then he would be there, and he would give such an affirming word. And as we left, he said, you know, I was just being generous with my words. That was one of the seven ways that he showed me the generous life. The second stop, a few more loaves of bread came out of the trunk. And now there was an envelope with that. And he said, you know, they have a financial need, and so he was modeling being generous with his money. The third thing he showed me was influence, being generous with influence. He said, this guy needs to get connected to somebody to get a job, and I, I can't give him a job, we're all set, but I know somebody. And so he was being generous with his influence, making a connection. and We all have different spheres of influence, I wouldn't be where I am today if it, in fact, we wouldn't have even reconnected if it wasn't of one friend being generous with his influence. And so there's this ripple. You you alluded to it at the beginning. It's generosity ripple. We never know how far the impact is when we do one thing. And then Grandpa would go on to be generous with his time. And he I would see him do that. And then he'd be generous with the way he shares stuff. We stopped. A couple more loaves of bread came out. And this time he was coordinating to loan a tool to someone for the following week, and then I would see him be generous with his attention. Uh, Man, this is one, this is pre-cell phone, and he was modeling how, what is it like to be fully present? I don't know about you, but I carry like that five or six pound device, which one brand you have, it's glass, plastic, and technology, and it's the ultimate anti-attention thing. And I find myself being at a restaurant or somewhere, and it dings and beeps and vibrates and whatever, and I'm, I'm off of being fully present with someone. But yet, we can all think about times when someone is fully present with us. That feels good. I think that's another way to live the generous life. And so, these seven ways, if you're a note-taker, I'll just throw them back to you again because they're so important. Grandpa would say, you can be generous with your thoughts. And I like to say, generous with our thoughts towards others, but also to ourselves. Some of us are hard on each other, you know, ourselves, which doesn't work very good if you love your neighbor as yourself and you're not thinking very good about yourself. It might be something to think about. And then you can be generous, number two, with your words, generous with your money. And he'd always stop at money and he'd say, you know, when you're generous with money, it softens your heart. You become more like Jesus when you give, when you release that in your life. And he'd say, you know, God often brings it back so you can do it again. I don't fully understand his system, but it just seems like he gives me more and more opportunity to give through that. And then he would say, be generous with the way you share your stuff, and the way that you use your influence, and the way that you use your time. And the way that you give your attention. So those are the, That's how I, I had that early modeling for my grandpa. So to take you to the first thing I've learned is awareness. We got to get our antenna working. I like to say we got to flip the switch on what the generous life looks like. Now, this is kind of fun because I'm going to give you one of these today because I like giving. And so on the way out by the book table, you can get one. I think it's a fascinating way to remember... This idea of becoming aware of opportunities as you look and as you listen and as you seek the voice of the Holy Spirit to direct you. Do I, do I give? Do I, which way do I give? How many ways combined can I give? So that whole first point of awareness. And this passage in Galatians, I love it. Paul says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. And as I've studied that scripture more, I realize that opportunity translates to privilege. We, when you look at generosity and the generous life as a privilege of something that you get to do versus something that you've got to do, it changes everything. Think about it, what's a privilege to do in our life. And so for our family, we made a decision that we would have our antenna, have our light, have our antenna up, have our light on looking for opportunities. And one day, in, here in the Grand Rapids Press, we saw an article of a Sudanese father and son in the newspaper. And this is back when people read those. And there's this article went on to say that they were firebombed out of their village. They lost friends. They lost family. And they ended up in America with clothes on their back and two bikes. And as I read further, it went on to say that Somebody came along and stole their bikes. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. They went through all that, and now they're here, and that's how the dad got to work. And that was the son's main toy. So I pulled our kids together. We had a 10-, 7-, and 2-year-old at the time. And I read it to him, and I said, what should we do? And my oldest son's like, we got to go get them bikes. we got to go get them bikes. And I'm like, you're right. we got to go get them bikes. So we head off to the, the store, and we load them into the back of our van. And this is the point in the story where I would say, I'm the activator idea guy in the marriage, and my wife's the planner. Like, so her idea of a surprise birthday party would be 30 days of details leading up to it. (laughs) So we pull up to that first light, and she looks over at me and says, where do they live? I said, I don't know. And she said, well, they didn't put the address in the newspaper, did they? Maybe we could have planned this better. And so we had a call to call this place that was hosting them, and after they kind of gave us an idea of where they lived. So four hours, our family's going all over. We're getting fumigated by tires in a tight, confined airspace. My daughter's got Cheerios all over the back seat. And we finally find him, and all the dad can say as he's riding the bike is, I like bike, I like bike. <laughs> We're like, okay, you like bikes, that's great, you know. And as we drove away... My wife said, you know what? We had our antenna up. Our light was on. I think God had an assignment for us today. And from the way in the back of the car, my son says, Dad, that was way better than us going to the water park, which is what we were going to do that afternoon. When we experience the truth that Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than receive. And when our kids experience that. It's worth every part of me giving my life away to to be vocal about this message. I put on the back of my business card, giving changes everything, and I really believe that. I must have said, I like bike story to my buddy Scott, and uh, he called me one day. He said, I'm at the dentist's office, and he said, you know, I got my antenna work and my light's on, and I overheard this single mom say, $926, I... I can't pay it." Um, and he said, you know me, I'm introverted, like I don't even know if I like people. And he said, but I thought, here's my chance, here's my bike story. So he got up and he said, ma'am, I, I just, w- will you forgive me for eavesdropping, but I'd like to take care of that, uh, the bill. And he hands the cashier his credit card. When I'm with Dave Ramsey, I say debit card, he likes that. <laughs> Tears flowed down this lady's face. And he said, you know that passage in Galatians where it talks about bearing each other's burdens. He said, I got to be a part of that. Now, here's an interesting part of Scott's story. He started giving regularly to his church hundreds and hundreds, and then it moved into thousands and tens of thousands over a period of time. And he said, you helped me see yet a whole nother way to be generous daily, weekly, monthly in our life. And that's the power of story and scripture together. It ripples out. And so awareness draw you to become aware of opportunities around us. And you guys are generous. I heard of your good deeds. I heard what you gave to start this church. And I know the Dream Center people in L.A. and around the nation, and here you are sewing in. You're, you're, you are aware. Love, Inc., other places like that. But I think we all, it's good to get a dose of being reminded. I, all, all morning here, I got here early. The setup, the work, the time, the effort, like, that's generosity. And it's so fun to see it in action. And I didn't see one person out there that was mad and sad. Everybody's happy. <laughs> You're happy putting chairs down? What is that? Happy rolling out these great rugs that make it feel warm? I mean, that was a genius idea. So anyway, I love seeing that. So the second thing I've learned is when you put it into action, you got to put it in action. We can get inspired by stories. We can read stories, but we got to put it into action. And so for our family, we love to regularly give to our church and we also love to have like an emergency giving fund that we call it our emergency giving fund because we make a couple lifestyle adjustments so we have just some, you know, bike cash, if you will, ready, ready to go if we need to. Now, here's the, here's the embarrassing story of the morning. Maybe there'll be more than one, but this one for sure. Uh, we go to a large church in Southern California, Mariner's Wonderful Bible Teaching Church, and for about six months, my wife thought I was writing the check, and I thought she was writing the check. So what do you think happened w- with our giving to our church? Yeah, somebody's laughing because they've either done it or it's kind of getting Well, so we've both realized, hello, here, I'm supposed to be the giving guy. We're not even giving regularly to our local church because I was one of those, oh, I don't want to do that online regular stuff, you know, technology. I got to write that check out and put it in the, in the plate. And then I realized with travel and life happens and you get sick or whatever, and I want to regularly give. So we got involved with just regularly giving every couple weeks now, it just comes out. And I would encourage you to examine that in your life. Like, it's up to you and God, but it's such a great way to get in the regular habit of that. And it doesn't feel like duty to us at all. We look at it and we, there's other projects that we do above and beyond that. But it just was a way for us to not ever have that experience again because it wasn't our heart. And it was great. We said, Lord, we didn't mean to do this. And we just figured out what we had kind of gotten behind on. And we just wanted to do that. It wasn't like he was going to get us if we don't pay back. But it was, it's really, it's really a, a, a wonderful thing that we get to do. Grandpa didn't get to do regular giving. He, he, had a, he did, but he had to write out the check. So anyway, my kids know about this emergency giving fund, and one day my son Dan, he's my oldest, he came to me, and we all got together as a family because he had saw something where there could be a need. Because we always say to our kids, we can't even come close to meeting every need, but let's talk about it. We can model it, encourage, and engage this whole thing. And so he said, well, I just found out that my buddy, his dad has two months to live. And what could we do? And so, all of us sat around and we, and we made the decision, you know what, it's, it's the prepaid Visa card. I'm sure they're going to have some expense. We just have no idea. And we wanted to do one of those stealth giving things, like basically anonymous, but I like stealth better. And it was, so, it was like we wrote the card out and we're going to drop it at their house. And we all went in the van to make this drop off and my wife who, uh, you know, she's got intuition, guys, we should listen to our wives more. They know things that we don't know. Because she's like, well, if we don't want our cover blown, we should just leave it at their mailbox, which is out by the street. And I'm like, oh, no, I saw on the Today Show, like, postmen are stealing gift cards out of the (laughs) mailboxes. So I get the bright idea to drop it at their front door, and we get busted. So what are we going to do? They now know it's us. And sadly, two months went by, and the doctor was right. That man passed away. About three weeks later, we got a note, and the note said, Dear Brad and Laura, my husband Tom was pacing back and forth in the living room, asking God to provide money for him to put new tires on my car so I would be safe before he went to heaven. The creator of the universe works through us to be a part of answering prayer. It's a privilege, but I suspect that we need to be in a position we have need to be aware, and then we need to make those pre-decisions that we want to live generously so we can respond. It's, think about that just for a moment, how significant it is that he works through us and all of our stuff to be a part of a guy I didn't even know praying and asking for something from the Lord. You see, what I, what I didn't tell you is that about three months before this happened, I got a call that I needed to go see an oncologist because of some blood work didn't come back good. And I sat in this office and this doctor said, you have a rare form of leukemia You have two years to live without taking this very expensive medicine that might work. And my whole life flashed before my eyes. And I would suspect that you've had your life flash before your eyes, or if you haven't, you will. And it's in that moment that I was able to go, where's my hope? Where's my true hope? And I thought, I'm so glad to know my hope's in the Lord. But then I went to this family decision that we said we want to live generously in our family. And I thought back to that tire story. And I thought, I know I would have chickened out if we hadn't made that decision to live this way. Because sometimes when we're called to give and live generously, it's not when the sun's out. It clouds and storms of life come. And I think those are opportunities I would have missed out on helping this brother out. I mean, I don't know what language will be like in heaven, but maybe he'll see me there. I like tires. Maybe that's what he'll say. I don't know. You'll get it. It catches on later. I like bike. I like tires. Okay. So, awareness to action. You see, generosity matters for our hearts. Generosity matters for our families. And generosity matters for our legacy. Generosity matters. And I, when I live this way, I'm better. And I love looking at your church's mission statement because I see the doing aspect. And you're, you're, part of this is to be for you to be encouraged and empowered to go out and be a light in the other 165 hours a week that you're not here. So the third thing is the idea of impact. So we have awareness and we have action, we never know what kind of impact will come from one decision. One of my favorite ways to kind of clarify a giving opportunity, and by the way, I want to, before I jump into the, the third part about impact, because if you make a decision to live generously, then when this, the situation comes that you have to go to the doctor's office, you bring that With you, And so, I go up to UCLA now because I live in Southern California and you you go there fairly regularly and they take all this blood and money from you. And the, the, the lady one day, her name was Joy, I'm like, seriously? Bad name for the job. And she was having a really bad day. My sons are like, hey, dad, did you know that the guy that invented the Victorian toilet, his name was Crapper? And so, like some people have the right name for the job, right? But not, uh, not Joy this day. And so I said, hey, Joy, do you ever, you ever go get one of those big 910-calorie Starbucks drinks with a friend, you know, with all the drizzle and whipped cream on the top and just, you know, load up on sugar and all that? And she's like, looks at me kind of peculiar, like, well, I would. And so as she was labeling up all my blood, I slid one of those Starbucks gift cards on her chair. And as I made it to the doorway, I said, hey, Joy, have fun with your friend. And this big smile broke off across her face, and my spirits were lifted as well, because I was feeling sorry for myself. Giving changes everything. And I just know I'm better when I give, and I want to be a little bit better tomorrow, and I want to be a little bit better next week, because I just think we're better when we're generous. And yet, sometimes it doesn't always work so good. Like, I was there a month later. And there was this nurse that helped me, but she had gotten out of the room, and she was down the hallway, and I was trying to catch up with her. I'm like, ma'am, have you ever had anybody, you know, have you ever thought about going out with your, with your?" and I'm reaching in my pocket, and the gift card stuck between the keys in the pocket, and you're trying to get it out. Have you ever had that where you just, right out of the gate, you're fumbling for words, and it's not getting any better the more you talk? This is the situation. So finally, when I pull the gift card out, would you ever go with a friend at Starbucks? She goes, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful. I saw your wedding ring. This is going to be weird. He's going to ask me out on a date. What am I going to do? So she grabs the gift card and heading down the hallway. Thank you. Yeah, I'll go with my friend to get a a Starbucks drink. And it was just giving gone bad, but I'm still better for it. So when I encourage you to have your antenna working, sometimes it doesn't go as planned. But it's still better to give than receive. And then my doctor, I mean, this guy... He is a piece of work, and that's being generous with my words. I'm telling you, this guy, he knows everything. You just have to ask him. So one day he calls me, and he says, hey, um, I want to talk to you about coming in the office. So I, I went in, and he said, uh, I'm looking at your blood result, and I don't see any sign of this disease left in your body. And I'm like, doc, it's a miracle. And he goes, Ah, those don't happen. And then he says, I like your shoes. I'm like, we went from miracles to shoes like that quick. What the heck? And he's talking about the buckle, and it's getting weird. And then I know it's California, but it's still, you know, what? And then he moves into the stitching on the shoe, and now we've crossed the line and did really weird. So I said something like, well, what are yours like, size 10? Ah, you think you're so smart. They're nine and a half. And I'm like, you're so dumb. You just gave the giving guy the answer. Because I'm Dutch, but I like nice, so I go to Nordstrom Rack. So on the way home, I went to Nordstrom Rack and I walked down that aisle. There's size nine and a half. They're just like glowing on the shelf. So I bought them. And I brought it home and I wrote him wrote this note. I said, um, Dear Doc, thank you for using your God given gifts to have a guy like me stay around a little longer. And then I think Jesus is okay with this second part. It's a little snarky. (laughs) I said, uh, these will help you be one step more like me. (laughs) (laughs) So he calls me and he's like, you're crazy. I read your book. You think that a generous world is a better world for all of us. How many, how many of you agree with me that it, a generous world is a better world for all of us? And, Doc, I, I'm in his life for a reason. And you know what? This past December, I went up there after two and a half years of what we would call a drug-free holiday or, or remission, and they said the disease is back. And I thought... I still believe that God's my healer, he can use medicine, and I'm not going to stop talking about his healing power, and I'm not going to stop loving him and celebrating the way he works in our life, and I'm still in this guy's life for a reason. He mocks me, I'll be in the building, oh, Mr. Charity's in the building, he's got all these different things, but you know what? He keeps coming around for more. Even when I don't have an appointment with him, he just happens to stop in the room because doctors have all this extra time. No, I think God's (laughs) up to something, right? And so I would just encourage you when you have these opportunities of at the gas station, grocery store, doctor's office, places where I just don't want to, I feel feeling sorry for myself, we get to be a part of being generous in one or more of these ways in our life. Awareness to action and then impacts the third and last thing I want to share with you that I've learned and impacts so interesting. So this idea of being able to ask a question to determine if it's a good giving opportunity. So one day I was reading about widows and orphans and I thought, where do I find a widow? My, my grandparents are passed away and a light bulb went off like, well, when I'm getting my hair cut, I'll ask that lady. I bet she cuts somebody's hair that's older. And so one day, you know she's got my hair all shampooed, you know you're kind of tipped upside down in, in the chair, and then you sit up and I'm like, "Where do I get a widow?" I was a little dazed. And I'm like, "That came out wrong. So what I'm trying to say is, "Do you know of one I can help?" And she's like, "Well, I know about Evelyn, and she's like this tall, and she's got this flowing silver hair, and she's just a wonderful person. But she's cutting back on her medicine. They're running out of money. Her husband passed away 15 years ago. So we started at her, at age 88, we started anonymously sending her money. And then she turned 92. So we're like, we should meet this person. I mean, the checks keep getting cashed. Well, who is this? Who we went out to lunch? I mean, it's like instant friendship. But you know, wouldn't you think that's true? Because where your treasure is, your heart is. We were so connected. So Evelyn... About this time, our work at I Like Giving was becoming more uh, known because of the internet. See, because what we do at I Like Giving, our mission is to inspire people to live generously. And I wanted to do it beyond my voice. I wanted to be vocal live with people, but I thought, how could we really blow out giving? Because stories, as we know, Jesus used those mostly to communicate because they moved people to action. So, we started ilikegiving.com and we capture these short giving stories on film, and so they were really getting very well reviewed, I guess, because uh, we've just found out two months ago they crossed 100 million views. There's 18 of them at ilikegiving.com, so what happens when you have that kind of noise is a publisher comes to you, so the publisher came to me, and they're like, "Uh, you should write a book, and I said, no, I'm I cheated in high school English. I'm not your guy. And they're like, no, no, we can help people like you. You got to get these stories out. So I went straight to Evelyn, who actually lived about three miles from here. And we met at her little apartment, one-bedroom apartment. And I interviewed her. And she's like, I don't understand what the fuss is all about. I'm like, Evelyn, you, you live the generous life. And so we got her story in the book. And I just want to read two sentences from it because it just, she has a, Profound insight, it says, um, she says, standing on my front porch, I was dumbfounded. Who was this anonymous stranger? Where did this gift come from? Tears ran down my cheeks, and I felt deeply grateful. And at that moment, I knew what I needed to do. You see, money is like a river. It's meant to keep on moving. Meant to keep on moving can I give you these? Okay. I'm going to stand up here just because it's a long jump. Now, I've heard, I'm have heard i giving you two because I've heard they're fun to give one away. Okay. I like giving, right? What can I say? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, the funny thing is, Evelyn's video, I Like Being 98, that you can watch at ilikegiving.com, has been viewed over 11 million times. And it's a picture of the generous life. She didn't have a ton of worldly wealth, but we found out she was giving out of what we were sending her every month. It's just incredible that how that generosity ripple happens. And, you know, I, I recently licensed it to National Geographic, and they don't have a faith perspective, but they said, we want to show this to 2 million homeschool kids about what the generous life looks like. And she's in heaven now, but it was... This is what I want you to see. It was one question to one hairdresser that led to one widow that led to generosity inspires generosity. (laughs) A couple summers ago, I was at a bookstore, walked around the corner, bumped into my English teacher. Brad Formsmo, what are you doing with your life, you know? And I said, well, you know, I'm an author. It was the awesomest look on her face. It was like... (laughs) there's no way. So that was the story with her. So that's what we do at I Like Giving. And we work inside of businesses to speak and talk and teach on the culture of generosity. Because you guys know, imagine these seven ways applied to a business. When you're at work, you can give the benefit of the doubt. You can be generous by not hitting send on that email. So that's another way that we do our work at I Like Giving. And part of our work, you know, we end up, Get uh, covering our budget through, like, uh, speaking fees and book sales. And then the rest of it is just people who want more generosity in the country. They give money for us to create more films and do that kind of stuff. So when I think about impact, I also think about my son, Drew. He's 17, going on 27, so it's kind of an interesting parenting challenge. But he started traveling with me a couple years ago to talk about generosity from his perspective. And he recently... Uh, felt like God gave him a, a, a dream to write a book, and uh, I said, Here's the deal. I think God gives us dreams. But I also think it's okay at least once to say, Lord, would you confirm this? And so he was, because of the traffic, we, he would take Uber one way from school before he got his license, and he's in the car one day, and this lady goes, is your dad Brad Formsman? He's like, what the heck? You know, and she's like, oh, I heard him at this church, and he gave me new ways to think about being more generous. And what's it like to live with him? And uh, so he tells some stories, and she's like, you got to write a book. Wow. So he comes in, he's like, I thought Uber rides were supposed to be like sketchy, not spiritual. Look, <laughs> she worked through this. So I told you that as we close up that we'd have a way for us today to even put generosity into into put into action, and so we're, I'm going to do something real quick, and while we'll model it, and then we'll take a few seconds to do this, and then I'll put up some words. But Samuel and Becca, thank you for being faithful with a call to step out of comfort and security and plant a church. You're you're faithful, and I. I have high regard for people that step out and do that, so thank you for that so we're going to flip up uh some other words of ways to be generous. so if you're here with somebody, you can pick a word or you can pick any word. but perhaps you could share just a quick exchange, and if you're alone, this gets really fun because you text something affirming to somebody and then you know. They're going, what the heck? What, what's that all about? So then when you leave, you get to call them and say, well, there's this crazy guy talking about being generous with words, and I just didn't realize what I was doing, and, but it feels so good. So go ahead. There's somebody you're with. Say something generous to each other. Yeah. Now, there's always one, there's always one person who's trying to, like, get a kiss out of this, and they're <laughs> hugging somebody back there. I'm not looking for that right now. <laughs> We're just looking for some of you. There's there's always one Mr. Arms Crossed, too. He's like, I'm not playing. But the idea is, just for a few moments, just say... All right, well, I'm hoping, how many, how many of you would say, that just felt good to be generous with my words, right? And, and how many of you would say, that really felt good just to hear that? You know, I, for me, sometimes the people that are closest to me, I just don't say the simplest things of how I appreciate my wife or how I, and, and I just encourage you to, Tie something specific to it. You know, if I just say, honey, you're great, whatever, but if I say, honey, you're great and thank you for X, it just seems like it takes it to a new level. So I just encourage you to think about those seven ways, about putting them into your life daily, weekly, monthly, awareness to action and impact. would we'll trust God for that because Jesus said, let your light shine before men that they'd see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Will you join me in closing prayer? Father, look at your children. They love you. We thank you that you gave us the truth that it's better to give than receive. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. We thank you for your gift, Jesus, of the Holy Spirit before you left this earth. And I pray that today all of us would be reminded of the joy that we get to be a part of by doing something for someone else without expecting anything in return. I pray that you would refresh us, Lord, as you say, he who refreshes others is himself refreshed. And that favorite passage of mine, the world of the generous get larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Thank you for this church and its leadership and the generosity that's already here. I pray that it would just continue to expand and grow and multiply. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.